Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. This is exciting for me to say. I, I am increasingly hearing t- new testimonies of people getting healed. That's awesome. Because I, I believe that healing and miracles is a part of our inheritance as a, as a body. And I believe that we're going to just see more and more of that. But I'm just excited because when you, when you start sowing the seed and you start cultivating expectancy on these things and stuff, you, you start seeing God show up and you start seeing fruit happen. We're going to start seeing crops, not just a, not just a little bit of fruit. We're going to start seeing crops and we're going to have to pull out the combines. We're in Indiana. Combines to reap in the, just the miracles and stuff. And I'm just excited uh, that we're starting to see the beginnings of things accelerating. Amen? You guys excited about that? On Friday, um, we, we met here, those of you who could, and, and we had several guests. By the way, let me just also acknowledge the guests in here today. Bless you all for coming and joining us today. We're so happy you're here. Give them a hand too, yeah. Yep. Always welcome here anytime. Um, but, but Friday night, it was just, we didn't do a, a cantata. I've been telling you guys that. I just have fun saying it. We, that's just a weird word anyway. Why, why did anybody even name it a cantata? Don't even know what it means. But I know it's a play and a production, and it's about Jesus and the cross, all that stuff. We didn't do productions all we really been able to promise you is that we're going to behold the Lamb of God. And to me, that's like, that's the only thing that matters. And, and we had awesome worship and, and read out of Isaiah 53, just the power, all the different powerful things that Jesus accomplished on the cross. And when Jesus died, one of the last things he said was, it is finished. Amen? It is finished. So we talked about the finished work of the cross, the power that Jesus released into our lives as believers from the cross. And today we get to, we get to focus on his resurrection because the, the cross is important on one side of the, of the thing, but you've got to have the resurrection to release the power of everything he paid for into our lives. Amen? And I'll be honest, at the end of the service, I was a little bit of a loss for what to do and I didn't even know what to do. I, I, I started feeling an interesting presence in here, um, a little unusual, honestly. And uh, I, I felt something like up in this area, and I, did, I just didn't know what to do because I, did, I didn't feel a leading of the Lord. I, so the best I knew to do was if anybody needed to be dismissed, you could go. But if anybody wanted to stay and just press into this, you can. And several people did. I just sat down on the front row, and, and I started feeling this increase, increasing presence. And, and it didn't take me too long to realize that it actually was the, was the very glory of God. Come on. Whoa. And I'm, I'm actually feeling it a little bit right now. And I, I, don't, I can't promise you guys polished sermons, and uh, as you guys probably know by now, I can't even promise you perfectly packaged timed sermons but what we're we're not going after cookie cutter we're going after the the glory of God and and I want us to keep I want to keep going after that and it's like I felt the it was like I felt uh, the small morsel of what's coming and whoa man I feel him right now Lord let everybody feel your presence and your glory Lord Wow. Hmm. When you focus on, on the cross and the burial and the resurrection of the Lord and give him proper honor, let me tell you, he shows up. <laughs> he shows up. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, I give you permission to do whatever you want today. In Jesus' name. And something the Lord has shown me because I... I was kind of, I wrestle sometimes between 
I want to honor all y'all with the time and, you know, I know there are kids in the room and stuff, but, but at the same time, like, the Lord was just saying the, the, if we want his glory to show up, we've got to understand it's not going to come often. It's not going to come conveniently. <laughs> okay? How, how many of you want revival glory to show up and start just flow? He wants it more than you do. It's not going to come conveniently, though. Amen? And sometimes it means that we have to put our own comforts aside and our schedules aside. And, you know, if you're, if you're planning on meeting somebody at Denny's at 12:15, like, I mean, you, you go when you need to. But I'm just saying, like, sometimes the Lord's just not scheduling himself into our tight perimeters. Sometimes it, it, it means it's showing up inconveniently. And I'm not, I'm not trying to excuse long services. <laughs> That's not the point. The point is, is that he's just not focused on our boxes. Amen? So the glory. Lord, we want your glory, and I pray that you'll just reveal yourself more. Thank you, God. We want you. And we don't want you on our terms. We want you on your terms. Hmm. Thank you, God. <laughs> I want to tell you guys a story. I'm going to read it because it's in my journal. It was two years ago, and this happened on Good Friday two years ago, which happened to be April, April 19th. <clears throat> David, five years old. And, and that, we, that year we did, a, we did a Passover feast. I love the Passover feast. Just with Jessica and the kids. And part of the Passover feast is, is you actually set an extra seat for, for Jesus to come sit in. Come on. <laughs> I feel his presence. More, Lord. We want you, Jesus. I'm going to read this to you. It's also called the Seder meal. We celebrated the Seder meal tonight as a family and shared the story of the Passover and the cross to the kids. David was very interested and teachable with it. We had lamb with other Seder sides. Grape juice, matzah bread, did a Seda activity where the kids win a chocolate prize. We even had a seat for Jesus and a plate of food for him. <laughs> I ate it on his behalf later. <laughs> hey, I'm one with Jesus. <laughs> I, I have been planning all week to lead David to the Lord tonight in an official way. Oh, I want to tell you, this is one of my most proudest nights ever. I, I believe that he probably already qualified for salvation simply because he's already a believer, but I felt like it would be good to do an official prayer. We went for it when I put him to bed, and he really wanted to do this. Before I led him in the prayer, we worshiped and asked Jesus to come into the room. Then I asked him to look at Jesus. He said he could see part of him. His, he saw his head and he saw his torso. Where he saw Jesus was right in the spot that I was sensing his presence already. So that was his confirmation. I had him ask Jesus if he forgives his sins. And Jesus said yes. <laughs> That's a good word right there. I led him in the prayer of salvation, which acknowledges his faith and love for Jesus. After he prayed, he said he could see all of Jesus. <laughs> Come on. That's amazing. And that's, a, that's just a, a real prophetic picture of when we, when we don't fully give our life to the Lord, we might only see him in part, but, the, but when we surrender and we receive his salvation, he wants to reveal his fullness to us. And that blew my mind. I had him ask Jesus if he has anything to say to David. So he asked him, Jesus, do you have anything to say to me? Then he laid there silently and I patiently waited. 
And occasionally he would say something like, yeah, no, it was juice, and then a few other things. I was like, what in the world is going on right now? And then he, and then he said, I'm, he said, I'm going to go to sleep now. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's funny. I asked him what Jesus said, and Jesus told him that he heard we made a spot for him at the table and left a, whew, left a meal for him. Guys, do you, do you understand how real these things are to him? If we, if we think Christianity is just going through the motions and doing the, the stuff, we have no clue, no clue that Jesus is actually amongst us, participating with us. He inhabits the praises of his people. It's real. It's real. David wasn't making this stuff up. He, I'm going to repeat that line again. Jesus told him he heard that we made a spot for him at the table and left a meal for him. He also said he knew there was, a, there was chocolate. <laughs> I don't remember the other things he said to him, but I remember this. He said, I think that was my blood in those cups. Jesus, tell my five-year-old boy. He doesn't understand that stuff at that age. But Jesus said, I think that was my blood in those cups. I'm telling you, our, what we're doing with him in faith is so much bigger than what we know. It, it's, it's more real to him than it is to us. Amen? After Jesus said, I think that was my blood in those cups, David replied and said, nope, it was juice. <laughs> I was just hearing the one side of it. <laughs> and he was having this profound encounter with the Lord that like rocks me. No, it's juice. <laughs> I need to go to bed now. <laughs> wow. Isn't that amazing? Man, David has so many stories like that with Jesus that I just love that. God, you know, God, God wants us to believe that, that our children, our grandchildren can walk in easy encounters with the Lord. It, like it's, it's easier, it's easier than we think it is. We're the ones who actually ruin it, I think, for the kids and probably for ourselves. It's easier. Hmm. Amen. Hmm. I, I, I hope that what I'm getting ready to start reading to you out of the, out of the Word is going to unlock revelation into your heart. The, the, I don't want to just talk theology. By the way, it's going to be some really good theology. All right? But I don't want to just talk theology. I, I want it to be reality. I, I, want it, I don't want to just give you information. I hope this will release impartation, and I, I hope that that it will actually make, it'll, it'll give us a new grace for, for deeper encounter, deeper, deeper revelation of the Lord. Amen? <clears throat> Why don't you take a moment and, and just, you can close your eyes if this helps you, but I want you to just look at Jesus on the cross. Nails in his hands. Body ripped to shreds. Crown of thorns crushed over his skull with three to four inch long thorns piercing into his skull. And he, and he looks at you and he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. And then I want you to see Jesus say, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And then he, then he bows his head, breathes his last, and he's dead. And then they, they pull him off the cross, do all the things they did, probably cleaned him up, wrapped him in linens, put, it, put the 
the, all the different things on them to preserve the body and, and put them in the tomb. I want you to picture a couple of days of him being in that tomb. And then I want you to just try to envision what it looked like when the, the glory of God came into that tomb and miraculously brought the Spirit of Jesus Christ back into that body, fully restored, fully glorified once again. No more pain, but in the fullness of His power and His glory. Alive. Hallelujah. That's amazing. And the angels opened the, the tomb for him. And, and we know the story. Some, I think, 40, 40 days later, he ascended, disappeared into the clouds, seated back in his rightful throne that he had for eternity, restored back to the fullness of his glory and wonder and majesty at the right hand of his father. Hallelujah. I want to tell you that that nobody had the ability to have salvation until the day that Jesus rose from the dead. Amen? And on Friday, we were talking about how Jesus went to the cross so that he could, he could take our sins from us and to carry them to the cross and to crucify them. And he took our, our griefs and our sorrows our soul sickness. So he took our sin sickness, our, our spirit sickness. He took, the, he took our, the, the, our, our broken, dead, corrupted spirit sickness, the sinfulness. He took it to the cross, and, and he annihilated it. Amen? So he was able to wash us clean with the blood of Jesus to make us white as snow again. Hallelujah. Anybody thankful that Jesus cleansed you of your sins? Come on. And he took, he took your, your griefs and your sorrows to the cross. He bore them and carried them to the cross. So he could set us free from soul heaviness. Amen? And, and then it says, if you read in the Hebrew, it says he took our sicknesses and our pains and our diseases and bore those and carried them to the cross. So he, he, he did it so he could set us free from physical body sickness and pain. So he, he went to the cross so he could set us free, spirit, soul, and body. Every level, holistic, renewal. Amen? Pretty awesome, right? I love it. Also that he could restore us to the Father into a right relationship with the one who loved us the whole time and was brokenhearted that his own children abandoned him. Restoring relationship back. Thank you, Lord. Today, I want to I take it further, though, because that's not all Jesus did. That's not all he accomplished on the cross. Because most of that stuff is actually kind of peripheral and external. But I want to I show us how, how deep it actually went. I'm going to read you, my main passage is out of, out of Romans 6, but I want to start off with John 3. Um, Nicodemus hanging out with Jesus. And, and Jesus said, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. How many people are born again? Come on. If you've not been born again, make today that day, because... You don't want to miss out on everything he's done for you, okay? Born again. And Nicodemus says, how, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So Jesus didn't just go to the cross so we could inherit eternal life. He did it so we could become born again. Everybody say born again. 
born again. When you were born by your mother, you were, you were given life on this earth. But Jesus said, born again, which means new life in a new kingdom to you. Amen? I love it. All right. He went a lot farther than just taking sins from us. If you guys have your Bibles, please turn over to Romans chapter 6. I'm going to bust through some stuff here because this is where abundant life comes from. Everybody say resurrection. resurrection. All right. Romans 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue to in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any, live any longer in it? Everybody say died to sin. Died to sin. All right. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Everybody say baptized into his death. Therefore we were buried with him. Say buried with him. Through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead, everybody say raised from the dead, dead. by the glory of the Father. (laughs) Okay, you don't have to repeat unless I say repeat. (laughs) Even so, that's awesome though, you guys are great at declarations. All right. Even so, all right, we, we were buried with him through baptism into death, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Everybody say resurrection. resurrection. Even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. Everybody say newness of life. Newness of life. And say resurrection. resurrection. Because newness of life means resurrection, Okay. So this is saying that we died with Jesus Christ. And it's saying that just as he was raised from the dead, so we also should walk in newness of life. So this is saying that that we, we died with Jesus, we were buried with him through baptism, and it's saying that just as he resurrected, we also should be walking in resurrection. Amen? Verse 5, for if we have been united together, say united together. I want you to think in terms of, of union. Union. Union would be the, the merging of two things together into oneness. All right? And so we've, we come into union together in the likeness of his death. One with him in his dying on the cross. Come on. We've been united together in the likeness of his death. Certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. So if we have become united with Jesus in his death, as you looked at him on the cross, you need to understand that in the spirit, that your spirit the old sinful nature that you were actually went into his body, into the spirit of Jesus and became one with him. You became fused with Jesus on the cross and died with him on the cross. Come on. And let me, let me just take a, I'm going to jump to another verse and come right back. Galatians 2.20, one of the most powerful verses in the whole Bible Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. I have been crucified with Christ. That's a a revelation of a spiritual reality that my old man was, was fused into Jesus on the cross, united with him in his death, died with him. It's no longer I who live. The old man died. 
It's no longer I who live, but guess what? I'm not dead. All right, I, I died with him. I, I was crucified with him. It's no longer I who live, but there is someone who lives. Guess who it is? For it's not I who live, but Christ lives within me. Christ, Jesus Christ, lives within me. And the life I live in this flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So, so you and I are our people. If you've become born again, if you're, if you're saved by the, by the work of the cross and the resurrection, you actually have, have come into his cross with him. And all the, all the sins, Jesus didn't just take your sins from you. He took the sinful nature of you. He took the old you. And, and you were crucified with him. And that old you died. Hallelujah. And so we're walking around in a flesh body. And we need to understand the one who lives within us. Because it's the resurrected, glorified Christ that lives in you. Jesus in his resurrection lives inside of you. Jesus in his glory lives inside of you. It's not you who live, it's, it's Christ in you, and it's, it's, it's you, it's your spirit and the spirit of Christ fused together in union that lives in you. You and he, one together, walking in that, that, that living carcass of, of yours and mine. Amen? It's a tent that hosts a spirit, and the spirit that lives in it is your spirit and the spirit of Christ fused in union together and so your spirit and his spirit are one and you actually have of your nature through Christ the very nature of Christ come on and it's important that the Lord works in us a continual increasing revelation of this reality because the more that we come into the understanding of who God knows that we are the more it starts filling us and coming forth from our life in every place and that's why that's why God doesn't want us to be conformed to the world anything that is conformed to the world is what died on the cross with Jesus but he wants us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So the transformation is the continual, progressive unfolding of revelation of who God knows that we are. And the more that we know it, the more transformation comes forth and the more we're proving His good and acceptable will because it's coming out like fruit. And, and we're called overflow because we believe in the inner workings of the Lord doing something transformational from the inside until it takes over and, and fills every part of us until it pours out. And then everybody else gets to experience our inward reality. Because our inward reality becomes our outward reality. Amen? Back to Romans 6. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. I love this. That the body of sin, all right, that's that old sinful nature. It's that old you that, that couldn't do anything in and of itself. It was, it was that it might be done away with. And the Greek word for done away with is katargeo. And it means to render powerless, to destroy, to put an end to. So here, here's something that we need to understand. That when you gave your life to the Lord, the very spirit of, of what happened in that moment that became your reality that God wants us to live from is that the old nature became deceased and had his funeral with Jesus. 
annihilated, rendered powerless, done away with. Hallelujah. And that's that old breathing garbage heap that we don't want to carry into our futures anymore. That's all of us. It's, it's the stuff that we needed Jesus to die on the cross to take away from us. Amen? He took it away, guys. He took it away from you. And you may not feel like he does or has. You may, you may still struggle with the same things. But guess what? If you, if you believe that that's still is the nature of who you are. You haven't come into an, to agreement with who God knows that you are. Because when you come into agreement with it, things get released. Amen? Let's proceed. That the body of sin might be done away with. <laughs> that we should no longer be slaves of sin. And I just declare over every one of us and anybody else who would be listening that, that if, if there are things that you feel like are cycles or habits and you can't break them and, and, and you're like, you just keep coming back to the same old thing, I want to tell you something. Jesus took care of it and he said you're no longer a slave to that thing. For he who has died has been freed from sin. It, it, when, when we're still struggling with the same old things, it's because we don't understand that we died to those things. All right? When we come into a, a belief from the deepest place, then we can understand that, that thing that I feel like has a hold on my life. I need to understand, no, Jesus actually crushed that thing. I don't have to cycle back to that thing anymore. He, he destroyed the power of it. As a matter of fact, in Romans 8, it starts off by saying there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. It goes on and it uses the condemn word, though, after that again, a couple of verses later. It says that Jesus came to condemn sin in the flesh. All right? But that doesn't mean he came. It's not a, that's not a bipolar verse right after the other one that says there's no condemnation. Because there's no condemnation for you who are in Christ. But guess what? The sin in the flesh is not what's in Christ. So for you in Christ, there's no condemnation. But the sin in the flesh, well, that might be there. But that's not in Christ. And Jesus came to condemn the sin in the flesh, which means he came to break the power of it, to render it powerless, to break that thing so that it has no more ability to be a master in your life anymore. Come on. When Jesus said it is finished, he meant it. Amen? Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. <laughs> Come on. Let me say that one again. Now if we died with Christ, everybody say I'm, resur I'm sorry, say I'm crucified with Christ. We believe that we shall also live with him. So let me say this. If you died, but then you're living, doesn't that mean you've been resurrected? Okay, say I've been resurrected. <laughs> Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, this resurrection, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over Jesus. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Verse 11, likewise you also, it's talking about you, you also, Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. Reckon yourselves. That means make a conscious decision to believe something, even if your experience is trying to tell you something else. Reckon yourself. Make 
conscious effort to believe that you have died to sin. Be intentional. Renew your mind towards this reality. Reckon yourself that you have been, you have been dead to sin. That's amazing. Because guess what? Your experience of this is actually your choice. It's up to you if you're going to experience this reality or not based on how you're believing. All right? Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what that's saying is reckon yourself to be resurrected back to life to God. Choose to believe I am a resurrected being. Amen? Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments, that word also means weapons, of unrighteousness to sin. But present yourself to God as being alive from the dead. Come on. If you want to know how to live a victorious, powerful, supernatural kind of a life, you got to change your beliefs away from thinking I'm just a human who has salvation. And you got to start believing that everything that makes me mortal and makes me limited and makes me continue to have to fight to overcome things on my own strength, that's, that's a humanistic version of Christianity. To think that you are on your own to make this thing happen. To, make, to think that, that you, in and of yourself, have salvation, but you're, but you're limited by, it's just a Christian version of the old you. When we reckon ourselves as having died to everything that guides us and leads us into corruption and bondage, that that, that thing has actually been crushed and it no longer has power in my life anymore. Because that's how God sees you. This is not a figment of God's imagination. He sees you, if you've been born again, as someone who's already died to that old nature that kept keeping you going back to the same old stuff or, or, or limited thinking. Reckon yourself as dead to sin. Reckon yourself as resurrected in Christ, that union with Jesus. i got to believe that, that I have been crucified with Christ. It's not I who live, but it's the resurrected, glorified Christ that lives inside of me and that He has become the nature that I get to live from. And when I believe that it's no longer me anymore, but it's actually Jesus living inside of me, I can engage with the victory and the power and the holiness and the righteousness and the beauty and the intimacy with Jesus. The world sees a whole bunch of Christianity that's self-made. The world is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. And when we come into the reality of everything that God has put inside of us in the spirit, that we actually are not just mere humans. We're sons and daughters of the Most High God. With a supernatural spirit inside of us. That we get to live this life in the flesh not limited by the flesh. If we think we're limited by the flesh, we can do Christianity without God. We're not limited by the flesh when we understand that the Spirit of Yahweh God lives inside of us and that we've been activated by His Spirit. And my Spirit is in union with the resurrected, glorified Christ. Come on. I want you guys to repeat that after me. My spirit, My spirit is in union with the resurrected, glorified, 
Christ. That's who you are. That's who you are. That's amazing. And so we need to present ourselves to God from verse 13 as being alive. As being alive from the dead. Come on. God is expecting you to reckon yourself to have died to the old life and resurrected in Christ and to present yourself before him as a resurrected being, union with Jesus. He's shed off the old things. Come on. That's so good. <clears throat> and, and I want to tell you that the word, that when we think about the concept of resurrection, because I want you to go back to that image again of Jesus having died on the cross, and I want you to envision yourself now that the spirit of who you were before you knew him actually went into his body by faith. He brought you into himself. And everything that you've ever been ashamed of, everything that's ever been a, a, a crippling limitation of your life, he brought you into his flesh and crucified you with him in union with him. Come on. <clears throat> and it says that you are buried with him but through the baptism into his death. So, the, and this is not just figurative speech to God. This is, our, this is our spiritual realities. And that when Jesus was resurrected from the dead, I want you to imagine yourself being fused in union with him. That, that, that you shed off the old thing and in him, newness of life came forth and you came through his resurrection. Come on. That's amazing. Newness of life, resurrection, is synonymous with being born again. Born again experiences the same thing as becoming resurrected with Jesus Christ. <clears throat> In Colossians 1.18, it, it talks about Jesus, and it says that he was the firstborn from the dead. Firstborn from the dead. So in God's mind, when he's looking at resurrection, it's the, it's the same as being given birth to. Birth. It's the new birthing. It's the resurrection. The old has gone birthing you into the new life of the kingdom of God. Birthed as a son of the most high God. Come on. <clears throat> Romans 8.29 calls Jesus the firstborn among many brethren. That means that after he was going to, in, in a sense, Jesus became born again. Not because he was a sinner like you and I were, but he led the way so that we could shed the old through the cross. The cross is, is a, it's a gateway, it's an exit gate out of the corrupted dark world. And it's an entrance gate into the kingdom of God and the abundant life. Hallelujah. And I want to declare this over you, that you have been born again through the womb of the tomb. Through the womb of the tomb, you were born again. I declare over you right now, in the name of Jesus, that if you have given your life to the Lord, that when you got saved, so much more than you ever knew happened. Whatever level of revelation you have on this now is so far greater than you know. But you are born again. God actually launched you into resurrected life. And, and the more that we come into belief of this, the more we're going to experience the power and the reality of the resurrected life of Christ in every part of our lives. Amen? Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Second Corinthians 5, 15 through 17. It 
says he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. I want to tell you that God's actually trying to train us how to stop looking at one another and ourselves according to the flesh. Because when you look at yourself in the mirror and you measure yourself by your flesh, you're going to come, you're going to fall short. But when you can look past that and you can see as you're looking at yourself in the mirror, you see deeper and you see what's really in there. You see what God's looking at. You're going to see a spirit that's in union with the resurrected, glorified Christ. You got to understand that there's more power that lives inside of you than you can feel or yet know. You got to understand that you're not limited by your own abilities and your own wisdom. You have the, the Christ living in you. Jesus himself. Come on. Come on. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I declare over you guys right now, in Jesus' name, the, the old things, some of the old things that maybe you still struggle with or some of the old things that still hound you or some of the old feelings of limitations on your life that Jesus set you free from those things. And that freedom is already in your life. It's already there. God is ready and able to jump into whatever situation it is, but you got to know it, you got to believe it. Because he's already put the glory of God in you. He's already put the resurrection in you. He's already put the victory in you. He's already put the healing in you. Come on, he's already put the breakthrough in you. According to your belief, will you activate that? All old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hallelujah. You're a new creation. No longer are we sinners saved by grace. We used to say this. I, I used to say this to myself because it sounded good. Felt right. I'm a sinner saved by grace. It feels like a very humble way to receive the goodness of God. But let me tell you, when we think that, we're missing how God sees us. Because I used to be a sinner, but then I got saved by grace. I used to be a sinner, but the sinner died on the cross. The sinner died. I resurrected. I'm a saint. Amen? I'm about to wrap up. The Denny's alarms are going off. Just joking. <laughs> Just joking. Listen, God no longer sees us. He never did, actually. As sinners saved by grace. All right? If we, if we consider ourselves a sinner saved by grace, we're going to sin by faith. Because we act according to who we believe that we are. If I believe I'm a sinner saved by grace, I'm going to sin by faith because we act according to who we believe that we are. When we believe that we are resurrected with Christ, that we're saints, that we carry the nature of Jesus, we're no longer sinners. Come on, we're victors. God doesn't see us, see us as sinners saved by grace. He doesn't see us as mortals because he gave us eternal life. He doesn't see us as mere humans trying to live Christianity to the best of our abilities. When we see ourselves that way, we fail continually in our Christianity. But God sees us as saints, as eternal beings, as supernatural people who can live out the actual life of Christ according to the Spirit of God living inside of us. 
That's who God sees you as. He put power inside of you. I want you to make some declarations with me right now. As a matter of fact, why don't we just stand if you're able to? You guys can repeat after me and just keep repeating until I say stop repeating. <laughs> I've been crucified with Christ. Crucified with Christ. It's, no I live, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. I've been co-crucified with Christ. I've been resurrected with Christ. The old sinful nature no longer exists. My old struggling man no longer exists. It died. I was buried with Christ. He flushed me of the old man. <laughs> and he gave birth to a new creation. I am a child of the Most High God. By adoption, because he chose me, and by birth, which means I've got the DNA of God in my blood. I've got a new nature. My spirit, My spirit is in union, is in union with, the with the resurrected, glorified Christ. Glorified Christ. And, that's and that's where my new nature comes from. So I'm victorious. I'm, victorious. I'm, more I'm more than a conqueror. Nothing can stop me. And I live in the glory of God. Now you can stop. Hallelujah. Let's give God a big shout of praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.